What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' 26-14 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. I wanted to watch this game to see how did Ronald Jones look, how did Tom Brady and the options look going into the money rounds of the fantasy playoffs, how did the Vikings look, the the passing game options kind of underwhelmed a bit. So I wanted to kind of get a feel for where I was at with them as well. And I did feel like I got a good feel for what happened in this game after I watched it. So I want to go through them and kind of see who you were trusting and who we aren't trusting going into the final two rounds of the fantasy playoffs, as well as what we're thinking about them for next year as well. So let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, when you do that, you're starting with Tom Brady at this point, and it was an up-and-down game for Tom Brady, no doubt. Certainly, he got the job done and was the reason they won the game. Simultaneously, it felt like he was the reason that they could have been down in this game at a certain point as well. It took him a little while to get the passing game going. You know, they got that big play to Scooter Miller down down the field to really kind of kick things off. Minnesota kept missing field goals and extra points and the like and allowing, you know, Tampa Bay to get up to the point where Minnesota finally had to press and throw the ball down the field and kind of try to work it. And that's when the Tampa Bay defense got after him and started getting sacks and the like there. So it certainly could have gone differently you know, had some things fell a little differently in the middle. But I got to give it to Tom Brady. He looked good at times during this game. It didn't lead to big totals or anything and really kind of led to disappointment overall for Tampa Bay, which I feel like the Tampa Bay options have obviously disappointed overall to begin with. But still, I like the way that Tom was throwing the ball. When they're able to protect him like this, That's when he thrives. That's when he's able to move the ball down the field. That's when they're able to have drives. Now, it does give me a bit of pause for the Tampa Bay because the line for Minnesota has really been a weak point this year, whereas it's typically one of their stronger points. They traded for Ngakwe and then traded him away. Daniel Hunter got hurt at the beginning of the season and hasn't been there. So you take the two best off of any unit of a football team, and it's going to be tough for them to produce. They're still somewhat strong in the running game, mainly due to Eric Kendricks and the linebackers and and really the scheme overall. But at the same time, it was a disappointing performance for the D-line to not be able to get after Brady because that's what you have to do at this point is you have to get after him. You have to get him off his mark. You have to make him you know, take hits and try to avoid pressure, which he's not as good at as he used to be. So – That's the game plan. Minnesota couldn't execute it for the most part. Throw in the special teams gaffes, and you've got a win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As far as Tampa Bay going forward, as far as if you're leaning on Tom Brady in the playoffs, the matchups absolutely get better. You know, the Falcons have been better on defense, but still are not a world beater. And then you get the Lions as well, who have also been playing with a little bit more fervor, but still not a matchup I would want to shy away from if I can help it because I think Tampa Bay can take advantage of both of those things. Plus they're both in domes. 
So they're both they're at Atlanta and they're at the Lions. Those will both games will both be inside, which I like for Tom. And like I said, I like the matchups as well. So if you made it past the Vikings and you made it past this performance in the playoff and Tom Brady is your quarterback, I think there will be better days ahead. Now, do those better days manifest themselves more in Ronald Jones carries and the like? We'll see. But like I said, the matchups do get better for Tom Brady. And while the Falcons probably have a better front seven overall and maybe even Detroit on the defensive line, it's kind of a toss-up. But I just don't see them getting there as much. And I don't see them putting – Tom under the, the pressure that where he can't get things done. Now, I've been talking for weeks about the upside of these pocket passers. You know, they have to be throwing for 300 yards and have to be really blowing it out to have that value. And I'm just not sure that they're going to push the ball in a way that's going to lead to that down the stretch for Tom Brady. So I would be a little careful with that if that's who I was having to start into the planet fantasy playoffs because, like I said, without that rushing floor – just leaves me lacking a little bit as far as what he's going to produce. Plus, it doesn't seem like they're going as hard after the goal line. They had an easy goal line. Um, Tom Brady sneak gave it to Ronald Jones instead, which is what they should do if they can help it. But still, it's just lack of overall upside. I'm hoping that you're probably looking at someone else as far as the fantasy playoffs go. But I can tell you that Brady is the reason they won this game. Him kind of throwing the ball down the field on this defense put them in position to do the things that they did. So I like that part of it. He's definitely still got air in the tires, but, you know, it is fading a bit. So you have to keep him upright like you were today. And it's just a situation where Minnesota isn't really rushing the passer all that well. But like I said, Atlanta, besides Grady Jarrett, isn't really either. And then Detroit isn't either. So this is a situation where I feel like Tom can finish it out strong if you've gotten him to this point. Now, I know that everybody that drafted Chris Godwin and Mike Evans has been disappointed. You know, without the passing game totals from garbage time, from having to come back from Jameis failures, it just hasn't lived up to last year's hype. The talent is still absolutely there. It's just, they're, like I said, they're not having to throw the ball as much. Jameis would force the ball down the field all the time. And while that led to a lot of interceptions, it also led to a lot of fantasy goodness for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And when you throw in Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, and Gronk into the mix, it's just a situation where, you know, there's not enough targets to go around to really make these make this team a team that you want to target their options on. Now, as I stated with Tom Brady, it's going to get better. So if you were able to make it to this point, you may have some options as far as the Tampa Bay pass catchers go. But still, it does make me a little hesitant the way they were throwing the ball, the way the offense hasn't had as many drives as they did last year. Um, Like I said, they're not having to push the ball as much because they're up, because they're winning games, because they have more continuous drives. So – It's just a different situation, and that's one of the things that you want to keep in mind from year to year is that when they have a quarterback change, when there's a coaching change, coordinator changes and the like, the usage of these players can fluctuate a great deal, and nobody is feeling that more than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin owners at this time. So while I think the matchups are better, it's kind of the same thing as Pittsburgh as there's too many cooks in the kitchen for anyone to dominate. And then if they don't dominate the catches and the targets and the like, then there's just really not enough to go around. 
So certainly a disappointment. You're probably not in the playoffs if you got into the Godwin-Mike Evans situation because they've been very up and down. Godwin with the injury. Evans has had times where he catches the touchdowns, but then had times where he doesn't really get the possession-type targets either that he was getting before. So I'd love to see that. Might make Mike Evans and Chris Godwin good targets, you know, more in like the fifth and fourth, fifth and sixth round, rather the second or third where they went this time. And of course, things could change. Antonio Brown is no guarantee to be there next year. You know, they may not run the ball as successfully. We'll see. But these are the kind of things you have to realize when you're drafting next year is, hey, there's been a change in this wide receiver or this quarterback or this person's situation. What do I think about that? Am I being too hopeful that things are going to get better because there's a better quarterback? Or did that other quarterback create situations that were good for fantasy goodness? It's one of the things. So lesson learned on the Tampa Bay options this year. As far as regular football goes, they absolutely have juice. And having all these options is great for Tom Brady because he needs people to create the separation during the dropbacks and the like. It's just that Mike Evans used to be a lot more of the first read than he is now. Same thing with Chris Godwin. So not as hyped about the weapons despite the the schedule. Like I said, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. One person that got a cook removed was Ronald Jones when they scratched Leonard Fournette from the game. I expected more from Ronald with that scratch. They did work in Shady McCoy a bit more than I expected and kind of gave him a crucial drive at one point. Ronald still got the touchdown, and he's still the main back. I just don't like the way they move away from him sometimes. It seemed like he was kind of uninvolved in the middle part of this game, and I didn't like that at all. It made me feel insecure about Ronald Jones at that time. Now, when they got up and when they realized that they were going to put Minnesota away, they started running the ball more. That's when his long carry happened. That's when – you know, he started kind of racking things up a little bit. And he still had a, ke- a catch and everything, but it just makes me a little more nervous than I would like to be heading into weeks 15 and 16 with Ronald. Although I got to think he's going to get more carries in this. He's going to get more touches than this in those games. I think the game script will be more positive for him. Although they won this game, it was a lot tighter than 26 to 14 would indicate, especially when you consider how many missed field goals and missed opportunities that Minnesota had. So while I think Tampa Bay is definitely going to win those next two games and I think they're going to be up, I just temper my expectations with Ronald that they're so quick to kind of turn the page on him at certain times. And I don't like that. I wish he was more involved and I wish they would really commit to him a little bit more as far as actually running the ball on drives. Cause it seemed like when they were having successful drives, it was more based on Brady throwing the ball than it was Ronald really doing much for them until the end. So I got to hope that Leonard stays out. That kind of leads most of the running back touches to Ronald. I didn't like the way they put LaShawn McCoy in there at times, but it is what it is. Seems like they're set on having someone else to come in at times. And, you know, Shady probably has better hands, but I just need more from Ronald. I, I like the way he runs the ball. He runs the ball so hard and he's fast when he's got it. He looks like he's gained like 10 pounds from last year. I've been saying so. I want more. Give me more Ronald Jones and Bruce Arians. And while your offense is great and everything, you are fickle. And I don't appreciate that when it comes to my coach and fantasy football. So 
I have a little, some reservations about Tampa Bay despite the schedule, but if you, if Ronald's gotten you to this point, I imagine you're probably sticking with him. And, you know, unless you've got a way better situation, you know, maybe CMC comes back in week 16 or something like that, then I don't see myself moving away with this schedule for Ronald. Now the rest of the Tampa Bay, hard to say. And that's the problem is it's hard to predict who Brady's going to go to, even Gronk. I mean, Gronk only had the touchdown. He got interfered with on the Hail Mary, so it seemed like he was more involved than he was. But that's got the one catch for two yards and the touchdown still has to give you a little bit of pause as far as starting him. But tight end has been so bereft, you're probably going there anyway. you know. But And he looked better than one for two. It certainly was kind of surprising to me that that's all there was when I came out of the game and looked at the statistics. But still, it's all – kind of up in the air as far as the passing goes. And Brady hasn't really shown a penchant like he did with Randy Moss to go to one or the other. That was kind of my thought before the season was, would he kind of focus on Mike Evans or one or the other? And maybe you could get a super wide receiver because of that, but it just didn't really play out that way. And definitely taught me a lesson as far as, you know, Jameis and the like could, you know, boon a fantasy situation. So we'll have to watch Jameis and see where he ends up because, Honestly, it kind of looked like he should have been playing for the Saints this last time. Can't wait to watch that game to really confirm what I just said. But from the red zone view, kind of felt like they might have needed some Jamison there. So we're a little hesitant on our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I wanted to see kind of whether I was going to be hesitant on my Minnesota Vikings when it came around time to watch them in this game. I knew that they were going to have a tougher schedule in the last three games. You know, Tampa Bay is no slouch as far as on defense, especially with their line. And then you throw down the fact that they're going to have to play the Bears and the Saints in the fancy playoffs while finishing it with the Lions in Week 17 did give me a little bit of pause as far as the Minnesota Vikings go. It was overall a disappointment for the team, you know, I know that a lot of people are going to point to the field goals and Dan Bailey, and I got to think that they're probably going to have a new kicker by the end of the day. They haven't done anything yet. And, you know, they had to get it to the five-yard line the week before before they let him kick one the other day. So I kind of think they're thinking about alternatives as far as that goes because he really did make a big difference as far as, you know, him being out there and missing those kicks and putting Minnesota behind because a running team is a lot more effective when they're up and they're trying to keep a lead than trying to come back. So that was a bad deal for them to get down. Once they got down, then the, you know the line kind of became compromised. Buccaneers could kind of pin their ears back and go after them, and they did, and they got to them. So once Minnesota kind of had to come out of their shell, so to speak, that's when Tampa Bay kind of pulled away for this game and the totals for Minnesota are underwhelming to say the least outside of Dalvin cook. And even for Dalvin cook, it's a little underwhelming despite scoring as many points as he did. It's hard to be disappointed about a hundred yard day, but still it felt like there was more meat on the bone and Minnesota just couldn't take advantage down the stretch. They came out strong and they were running the ball. They were using all their weapons and it was fine. And like I said, they should have been up uh, 10 nothing, But four missed points by Dan Bailey. And then, you know, Tampa Bay scores a touchdown. Oh, wait, now we're down one point. 
it's a tough situation to be put in for the Minnesota Vikings. They have weapons on the outside, but they're still not built for those big comebacks with the way they're set up. So tough situation, especially with the playoffs implications. You know, they're still, you know, on the on the precipice. And if they could have pulled out this game, they would have been the favorite, I think, to make the playoffs in that last seed. But tough game, absolutely. Tampa Bay is a bad matchup for them because they have such a fr- strong front seven in addition to having some secondary pieces. So it's a bad matchup for them. Bears aren't that much better when they get Akeem Hicks back. They're, they've got a lot of push up the middle. That kind of makes them a different defense. And then the Saints kind of got toyed with today. And, of course, the Saints, you know, they got toyed with by the Eagles. But Eagles had a little bit more juice. And, you know, with a brand-new quarterback in there, it's kind of hard how, how to know they're going to come out. So I think the Saints kind of got snookered a little bit as far as that part. Now, the other thing you want to keep in mind is the next two games are in domes as well. So that's a good thing for Minnesota. That could lead to some cold weather stuff if it wasn't that way. But they get the Bears at home, and then they play in the Superdome against against the Saints. So after watching Josh Allen and, and the Steelers kind of struggle, you know, in that cold weather game a bit, I am a little bit more hyped to have my teams playing in domes, you know, certainly that'll help the kicking maybe, but not for Minnesota if they don't change something. So yes, tough matchups. Yes. I'm still riding Dalvin cook. There's no doubt about it. The guy is so dynamic. It means so much to the offense while he might not have as good a games as he might've had against worst opponents. I still think you've got to ride him. If you've gotten to this point, doesn't it does scare me a little bit like I said having Akeem Hicks makes a big difference to having that push up the middle for the Bears so we'll see how they come out with all of that and we'll hope for good results for Dalvin but I just got to let you know the matchups are a little tougher for here from here on out even though he does get the dome schedule But like I said, it's not like you're not starting him. It's Dalvin Cook, for God's sakes. He's so good. He's so fast. And I, got, I, I took a hit in the internet because I call, said he had a good size-speed combo, and they got caught up on the size part. The thing is, it's a good size-speed combo because he is so fast, but yet he does have play behind his pads. He does play with a good amount of power. And, he, you know, for a guy that runs as fast as he does, they're not typically weighing what he weighs. They usually weigh under 200 pounds. He's over. So size-speed combo that. He's good. I'm counting on him this year, next year. Can't imagine anything changes unless they change coaching staffs, which I don't think with their resurgence they will. Now, earlier in the year when they were down and the like, that was one thing. But I like the way they've been playing you know, they made the trade for Stefan Diggs, and it actually worked out. Very rarely does trading a superstar ever work out for both teams, but it's been a boon for both of them. You know, having Justin Jefferson under such a cheap contract and under control is huge. It means you can pay other people. So I love that for them. Like I said, it's very rare for those trades to work out the way it has for Minnesota. So kudos to them on the draft pick, you know, getting Justin Jefferson so late has been a big, big deal for the offense. It's probably one of the only reasons besides Dalvin and besides, you know, Thielen and the like that they're even in this position. So kudos to them on that. Moving on to the wide receivers, because like I said, there's no doubt we're starting Dalvin no matter what the matchup is. I think the same goes for Justin Jefferson as well. 
I know it was kind of a clunker today, you know, despite getting the two point conversion and the like, you know, it still had higher expectations for Justin Jefferson in this game. You know, it would have been bigger, you know, had they been able to stage the comeback. Kirk took too many sacks at that time for them to really get loose. I can tell you unequivocally, they were still looking for Justin Jefferson as a number one wide receiver. So I'm still firing him up. Likely if you're still counting on him to this point, you don't have any options to do so otherwise. So giddy up, you know, despite having the worst schedule, at least it's inside. I hate to keep going back to that Pittsburgh Buffalo game, but it really scared me to watch them drop those balls in those cold conditions. So that does excite me for Thielen, for Justin Jefferson, that they can make a comeback off of today's production and get better. Tampa Bay just really focused on shutting them down to a certain extent, especially late when they got to them when, you know, they're playing good coverage on them. It was tough. So we'll need to see more, absolutely. But I think it's something I'm probably going to count on as far as Justin Jefferson down the stretch. Adam Thielen is an interesting case. I expected him to have a much bigger year than what he's had. Now, I couldn't have foreseen that Justin Jefferson would be as good as he is for certain. But at the same time, I just had higher expectations as far as him being targeted, as far as him making catches. Now, certainly he's been tearing it up in the three games before that, but that was inferior competition. And yes, one of those was against the Bears, but he kind of got lucky that two of those catches were touchdowns against the Bears. So I'm a little concerned for for Adam Thielen, not as much for Justin Jefferson just because he's been so dynamic. But it does give me a little bit of pause that he hasn't played up into the snuff of what I expected I expected everything to be more like those three weeks rather than the, the weeks surrounding them. It's been a little bit more boomer bust. I thought it was going to be a little bit more consistent when it came to the targets and when it came to the catches, but I couldn't have foreseen Justin Jefferson playing quite as well as he's had. So it's been a little disappointing, but I think they both have potential to continue doing what they're doing down the stretch. So while the matchups are there, I don't think you can step away from either one of those guys at this time the way they're playing and the really the way they are the outside options to this team, you know, they've got Irv Smith and they've got Jack Conklin now, you know, up the middle and the like, but it's still not, it's still not all that strong. So they need to have those outside weapons really working for Kirk off of the play action off of all of the different things they're doing to kind of hide him from having to make a bunch of five and seven step drops out of the, you know, under center. So It'd be good if they could continue to do that, and they do commit to doing so. It just wasn't quite as there on this day. Like I said, Tampa Bay has a good front seven, so they were getting after him a bit. And like I said, with the Chicago Bears having Akeem Hicks back, that could be a problem. So you want to kind of keep that in mind. But I don't think you're going to have better options than Thielen and Justin Jefferson if if you're still in it at this point. So I think I'm still firing him up either way. It's just kind of like last week with Josh Allen. Once again, to go back to that game. I wasn't as excited about it because it is the Steelers, but I think the talent is there, so I'm still rolling. So rolling with Dalvin, rolling with Justin, rolling with Adam. It's not exactly how I expected it to happen, but it's still happening. And Minnesota is going to need to win these games to have any sort of shot at making the playoffs. So they're going to be playing hard. You know, that's part of the fantasy season too, is who's still playing hard in week 16. And Minnesota is definitely going to be there at this point. So 
I, that excites me as well. Dome team, dome games. Let's fire them up and hope that they can overcome what they didn't overcome today. Now, I, I kind of skipped over Kirk Cousins a little bit. I don't think that was something I was counting on in the first place as far as Kirk goes, but I did like the way he was running the ball today. He seemed a little bit more willing to take that those runs. So I would love to see that for him. That would be a big boost to his fantasy if he could continue to take advantage. He's not super fast, but he is somewhat athletic. So I don't hate that at all. He needs to take advantage of that. More quarterbacks need to take advantage of that open field. It's just, man, you see Dak and you see him get hurt. And I get that it would give you some pause if you saw that. While Kirk kind of held him down a little bit in this game in the second half, I still see things that make me think that he can come out of it and – and I see why he it gets paid to be a quarterback that might be able to take a team over the top because he does have a certain amount of juice. It's just he's not as good at the traditional quarterback things as some of them are, and it shows. At times, you have to do some of those things. You know, just like Taysom Hill, sometimes you do have to be that quarterback, and that's why Drew Brees is still going to play because he can go in on that third down and do quarterback things then they can bring in Taysom to do the weird gadgety things that they do. Not a luxury that the Minnesota Vikings have for certain, but at the same time, but at the same time, I still think Kirk is capable of doing this. And I got to think that they're going to bounce back a little bit. Like I said, the defenses do give me a little pause. You weren't counting on Kirk in your 10 and 12 team leagues. Anyway, we're talking more to the two quarterback league guys that are even thinking about starting him in the first place. Now, one final thing on the Vikings that I was kind of thinking about, kind of thinking about Irv Smith for next year's best ball leagues. Now, still don't know where everybody's going to get drafted as far as the tight ends go, but I got to think I'm going to be watching him closely to see if he can stay on the field, first of all, but also if he can catch more of Kirk Cousins' eye, if he can build on this performance and really you know, see if he can be that tight end that you can draft late that gets you some production like he did today. Because that's actually an important thing in best ball is your second and third tight ends because tight ends are so dependent on the touchdowns. It's really hard to match that up. So you want to have some options there that are capable of doing so while your other options might not have a big day. So I'm monitoring Irv Smith. He looks explosive out there. It did give me a little pause that they used Jack Conklin so much, though, too. That was kind of out of the blue. I I wasn't aware that Rudolph wasn't going to play until game time. Not that I was counting on him for anything, but you would have thought that Irv would have had even a bigger day without Rudolph in there, but they still are utilizing the two tight ends and the like, and Conklin got his too. So it gave me a little pause on my Irv love. And obviously Irv love is going to be dependent on his ADP when it comes draft time. But at the same time, I'm going to be monitoring that and I want to see how that works out. And hopefully for your Justin Jefferson owners and your Adam Thielen owners, it doesn't take too much away. It actually adds something off the seams and or up the seams and takes a little of the pressure off him. That would be nice. Well, that's what I've got for this game. Like, listen, subscribe. And of course, if you've gotten to this point and haven't done so yet, go and download the podcast. Even if you just go and delete it later, that part doesn't matter. It's the art of downloading that counts. So let, So let me know you're here for me and take this information. Go finish this league year off. We've got to finish strong and have a great rest of your day.